Thank you for all that you do for us. We thank you, Lord, for the opportunity we have to praise your name and to uh, spend time in your word and have fellowship tonight. We thank you for we thank you for the chance to be here again tonight. You've given us another day. This is the day you've given us. May we rejoice. May we hear your word. May we hear what you have to say to us by your Holy Spirit through all the circumstances of our lives. We pray for all of the teachers and ministries going on tonight here at the church. We thank you for uh, the we thank you for the ministries of our people. We thank you for our teachers and our leaders. Bless them all tonight, from our children, students, all through our adults, and for us who are here gathered to look at the Word of God, Book of Proverbs. May we find fellowship around the Word of God together tonight. We thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to be together. We thank you for those who join us online we, each week, and we thank you for them. We pray you'd bless them, some of them who cannot be here. We pray that you'd encourage them tonight, wherever they are and whatever they're going through. So bless your word now, Lord, to our hearts. May the Holy Spirit take it and apply it for us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Good to see all of you tonight. If you have a, Make sure you have a copy of the outline uh, there at the back and also here in the middle at the front. Proverbs chapter 28 is where we are. Proverbs 28 is uh, the opportunity we have tonight as we move our way on through uh, this wonderful, wonderful, special book God has given to us. Proverbs 28. Let's read Proverbs 28 together, uh, these 28 verses. As we continue to look, now this is a little different. This uh, chapter has a combination of wise contrasts and sacred similarities, as I've called them before. So tonight we look at both. There'll be some contrasts and there'll be some similarities. And this is the way the Lord teaches us his wisdom. So let's read together. Uh, you follow along in your Bibles, Proverbs 28, beginning in verse 1. The wicked flee when no one is pursuing, but the righteous are bold as a lion. By the transgression of a land, many are its princes. But by a man of understanding and knowledge, so it endures. A poor man who oppresses the lowly is like a driving rain which leaves no food. Those who forsake the law praise the wicked, and those who forsake the law praise those who forsake the law praise the wicked, but those who keep the law strive with them. Evil men do not understand justice, but those who seek the Lord understand all things. Better is the poor who walks in his integrity than he who is crooked, though he be rich. He who keeps the law is a discerning son, but he who is a companion of gluttons humiliates his father. He who increases by wealth, his wealth by interest and usury gathers it for him who is gracious to the poor. He who turns away his ear from listening to the law, even his prayer is an abomination. He who leads the upright astray in an evil way will himself fall into his own pit, but the blameless will inherit good. The rich man is wise in his own eyes, but the poor who has understanding sees through him. 
When the righteous triumph, there is great glory. But when the wicked rise, men hide themselves. He who conceals his transgressions will not prosper. But he who confesses and forsakes them will find compassion. How blessed is the man who fears always. But he who hardens his heart will fall into calamity. Like a roaring lion and a rushing bear is a wicked ruler over a poor people. A leader who is a great oppressor lacks understanding, but he who hates unjust gain will prolong his days. A man who is laden with the guilt of human blood will be a fugitive until death. Let no one support him. He who walks blamelessly will be delivered, but he who is crooked will fall all at once. He who tills his land will have plenty of food, but he who follows empty pursuits will have poverty and plenty. A faithful man will abound with blessings, but he who makes haste to be rich will not go unpunished. To show partiality is not good, because for a piece of bread a man will transgress. A man with an evil eye hastens after wealth and does not know what they want, does not know that want will come upon him. He who rebukes a man will afterward find more favor than he who flatters with the tongue. He who robs his father or his mother and says it is not a transgression is the companion of a man who destroys. An arrogant man stirs up strife, But he who trusts in the Lord will prosper. He who trusts in his own heart is a fool. But he who walks wisely will be delivered. He who gives to the poor will never want. But he who shuts his eyes will have many curses. When the wicked rise, men hide themselves. But when they perish, the righteous increase. Heavenly Father, now bless the reading of your word. And may the Holy Spirit be our teacher tonight. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Our focus tonight is this, that those who fear God, trust God. Those who fear God, trust God. I would begin by reminding all of us tonight that when you do the important things in your life as a Christian, when you do the most important things, uh, it makes the other things in life much better. When you do the important things. What the book of Hebrews, excuse me, the book of Proverbs is teaching us is how to do important things. How to do the most important things in life. How to live in the fear of God and trust God. And so we're back to this theme, but it is an important theme. It's the theme of the book. This matter of fearing God and trusting God. So I want you to look with me at something. Uh, now we're, we're here, and I want you to notice verse 5, verse 14, and verse 25. I'll make my comments around them. We'll, we'll look at the other passages uh, in some light, but this is really the theme. We find it in three places here in 28, 5. Evil men do not understand justice, but it's one of those contrasts. Those, please notice now, You might mark it in your Bible. Those who seek the Lord understand all things. 
Now go to verse 14. How blessed is the man who fears always. But he who hardens his heart will fall into calamity. And I'll talk about that strange phrase, how blessed is the man who fears always in just a moment. And then in verse number 25, an arrogant man stirs up strife. Please notice, but he who trusts in the Lord will prosper. He who trusts in his own heart is a fool, but he who walks wisely will be delivered. If we take care of the important things, if we deal with the important matters of the heart, if we fear God and trust Him, it helps all the rest of life. I didn't say it makes all the rest of life easy. I didn't say it makes everything in your life come together. I simply am saying that we learn from the book of Proverbs from the beginning to the end. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is that way in which we pursue the Holy God and grow and know Him. So before we look at these words in detail, I want you to go and listen with me. Let's read together. And I want you to turn to the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter number 6. And, and I want us to listen to our Lord as He talks about the importance of trusting God. This is very famous. These are famous words. There are words that are always a challenge to us because none of us perfectly live up to these. But we have in Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse 25, I'll just read it. Let's just let the Lord say what he's saying here without comment. Matthew 5, excuse me, Matthew 6, verse 25. Matthew 6, 25. For this reason I say to you, and let me go back and read verse number 24. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. For this reason, for this reason, the reason he just stated, you cannot serve God and wealth. For this reason I say to you, do not be worried about your life as to what you will eat or what you will drink, nor for your body as to what you will put on. Is not life more than food and body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, that they do not snow, sow, nor reap, nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not worth much more than they? And who of you, being worried, can add a single hour to his life? And why are you worried about clothing? Observe how the lilies of the field grow. They do not toil, nor do they spin. Yet I say to you, that not even Solomon in all his glory clothed himself like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Do not worry then, saying, What will we eat, or what will we drink, or what will we wear for clothing? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will care for itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So when we have those moments of wondering if we can what we're to do in our circumstances when they're hard. Remember what the Lord, there are many questions 
and this is my task is not Matthew uh, 6 25 to 34 tonight but I simply say to you use the questions the Lord asks here are you not much more worthy or much have much more worth than the birds Lord I'm in a hard place I've got difficulty the Lord knows and he knows what you're going through you're more important than the birds you're more important than the birds. And he asks other questions here. So we come back now to, the, there's an example of trusting God and learning how to do it. I'm going to repeat myself. When you do the most important things spiritually in your life, it takes care of many of the other things in life that are not as important. Now we have, a, I've broken down, and, and again, what, each week I'm trying to give you a, a, a way in which you can do your own observations through a chapter in the book of Proverbs. These are my uh, uh, breaks or uh, divisions. They're not any, you can do them anyway, but I find these uh, eight divisions in Proverbs 28. Well, I've done this week by week, and if you're interested in the past outlines, they're all on the website, and you can go, you can look at them, and I, and I hope if they're a benefit to you, you'll do it. Verses 1 through 5 give us some general contrasts and similarities concerning what wickedness, what, what it is to be wicked, what it looks like for wickedness to exist in people's lives, and what righteousness looks like. Secondly, we have again the repeated theme because it's tied to the fear of God. Obedience. We're either obeying God or we're disobeying God. This is one of those, if I'm disobeying God, I'm not living in the fear of God. I'm not fearing God if I'm disobeying God. Thirdly, the, the blessing of the fear of God versus hard-heartedness uh, and unwillingness to fear God. Fourth, again, the theme of injustice and blamelessness, which we follow throughout uh, the book of Proverbs, which also, by the way, all of the book of Proverbs links back to the law of God and to the Ten Commandments, the Torah, as it would be called by the Jewish people, the Torah. So you have, you have the law of God, which gives the basis for the fear of God, and Proverbs builds upon that theme. It's not, again, I'm taking this time to say this because, folks, Proverbs doesn't just sit in your Bible on its own. It's linked to the law of God, and now as the wisdom of God, the wisdom of God is taught through the law of God. Paul said, though we, none of us in this room are saved by the law. The law shows us our sinfulness, but the law, as Paul said, is holy. It's still holy and glorious. And we look at the law of God to see the standards of righteousness and wickedness. Faithfulness and unfaithfulness is a repeated theme that we find again in the book of Proverbs. And we have some things to say. And then, of course, partiality, prejudice, and treatment of parents. This, this occurs. You know, again, we know what the Word of God says in the law of God. The Ten Commandments says, honor your father and mother. And I think of many in our church. Uh, Pat and I have been down that road too. And our, our parents are all in heaven. But you do, you do what you're supposed to do with your parents to honor them to the very end. And I'm thankful for the example in our church of how our people are faithful to honor their parents. It didn't mean it's going to be easy, but it's done by our people, and I'm grateful for that example, that their children and their grandchildren see 
how they treat their parents. Trusting God or trusting ourselves is another repeated theme. And then generosity and wickedness. And there are some, there are some, interesting, uh, there are some interesting proverbs. Solomon as king speaks about how kings ought to lead. And you remember these are these are words uh, beginning in chapter 25. This is a collection of proverbs of, of, of the sayings of Solomon that Hezekiah, the king, his men collected and put together. So we're looking at a collection. Hezekiah, the king, would read himself to remind himself of what it means to lead and to be the right kind of leader, godly leader. Let's get back to it. Wickedness and righteousness. Wickedness and righteousness. I'm not going to elaborate on all of these. And by the way, just for some of you who are new, you'll read along in here and you'll see a note that I used. Uh, I put a note out there that says Aramaic. I'm simply uh, I'm giving you the reading of the ancient uh, paraphrase of the Old Testament, uh, so the, the, the Aramaic. Uh, and it's uh, just another way to read the text. Uh, that, that is helpful for you. It's very ancient. It's been around for many, many years. The Lord Jesus would have known about uh, these. Uh, they're called Targums. And so I give them to you because they're of benefit to you as you read them. Um, and uh, sometimes I'll give you some quotations from some people. The wickedness. Let's talk about the paranoia of wickedness. Paranoid people. Paranoia. 28.1. The wicked flee when no one is pursuing them. The wicked flee when no one is pursuing them. How does the Aramaic say it? The wicked flee when no one gives chase. Have you ever met a person who's running and no one is pursuing them? They're running. What are they running from? Why are they so paranoid? What is it that's driving their fearfulness? I... Charles Bridges is a tremendous commentator. Um, he's a real friend to all of us, and I recommend him to you. He has a, a great commentary, a huge one on Psalm 119, but he also has a great, great commentary on the book of Proverbs. When conscience is roused, that is, when your conscience is awakened, guilt is the parent of fear. Guilt is the parent of fear. You run. Oh, did they, did they see me do it? Does anybody know that I took that? Does anybody know that I was there? Well, nobody knows, but your conscience is bothering you. So I want to uh, read with you, and if you'd like to read there, it'd be good for you to see it. The greatest example we have probably in the Word of God of the wicked uh, fleeing when no one's pursuing is the hiding of Adam and Eve, Genesis chapter 3. Let's go there for a moment. Genesis chapter 3. We'll be coming back to this, Lord willing, in the days ahead on Sunday morning as we're walking through the book of Genesis in our series on Remember uh, Your Creator. But I'll come back to it and say some things then different now, but let's just look at this observation. What happens when we sin against God? Well, we have shame. So we read uh, the serpent was talking with Eve, and uh, so the serpent said, this is Genesis 3, 4, you shall not die. God knows that in the day that you eat, uh, that you, that you eat this fruit, your eyes will be opened, and you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the tree was good for food and delight to the eyes, the tree was desirable 
to make one wise. She took the fruit and ate it, and she gave it to her husband, and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves into loin coverings. They heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the, gar- in the garden in the cool of the day, and the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord God called to man and said, Where are you? And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid myself. And God said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? So they were fleeing. They were fleeing from God. Their conscience was aroused, and guilt was the parent of fear. You see, the wicked flee when no one chases them, and the reality of this truth is all around us. It's in our families. It's it's among those we work with. We see in the lives of people the wicked flee when no one is pursuing because conscience has a powerful effect on a person's life. Even if a person doesn't know the Word of God, Remember that we're all born with a conscience, and our conscience either accuses us or encourages us. It either accuses or there is built into all all people in all parts of the globe, no matter what their language or culture, the reality of good and evil, right and wrong. And it comes from what God has placed in us as a part of being made in the image of God and being those who have a conscience in our lives. So we see this word and notice the righteous are as bold as a lion. When you have nothing to fear, you have boldness. You move on. You're not afraid. You're not shrinking back. You're not hesitant. You're, you see, this is a great, beautiful contrast. The wicked are fleeing when no one's pursuing, but contrast, the righteous are as bold as a lion. Think about Peter and John in those early days uh, of, of the book of Acts. Over and over, repeatedly, they're, they're either beaten or jailed or pulled in uh, by the authorities that crucified the Lord, and they're bold as a lion. At one point it says, as many of you in this room know, in the book of Acts, these men looked at Peter and John and said, these are fishermen, these are ignorant men, they have no, they have no background, they have no education, and yet the boldness of these men. It says in the book of Acts that when the church prayed and asked for God's boldness to speak in the name of Jesus, the ground shook at church. The ground shook. They had an earthquake at church and they went out and preached boldly the word of God. The righteous, the righteous are bold as a lion. That's the way we're to be living in our world. You don't shrink back and apologize for standing for Jesus in a dark godless, wicked world. We don't apologize for believing that God created the heavens and the earth. We don't apologize for the sayings of the Lord Jesus because some people don't like what he said and they seem unpopular and very harsh. We stand on the truth of God's word. The righteous are as bold as a lion. I'm going to get going. I got to move on. Notice, by the transgression of a land, many are its princes. But by a man of understanding and knowledge, so it endures. You see, that's a model for all leaders. It's a model for leaders in government. 
for us to see. A poor man who oppresses the lowly is like a driving rain which leaves no food. I gave you this um, from the Aramaic. A poor man who withholds what is due to the wretched is like a destructive rain that leaves no food. But let's come to verse 5. Evil men do not understand justice, but those who seek the Lord understand all things. I want us to pause for a moment and talk about what it means to seek the Lord. Uh, verse 5, those who seek the Lord discern all things. You see, there is a promise in seeking God. So maybe I start tonight by asking all of us in this room, look, it doesn't matter how long you've been a follower of Jesus, you can be off the path tonight seeking some things in your life that are not the, ought to be the priorities. It's the way I started tonight. If you take care of the important things, all the rest of things in your life start to come into order. This is one of them. This is the first of them. This is that matter of seeking God. Seeking God. You know, it requires some effort to seek God. In fact, I didn't give you the verse, but I, I do want to read it to you from uh, the famous chapter on faith. In your Bible, it's Hebrews chapter 11. I'll just, for the sake of time, let me just read it. Hebrews 11, verse number 6. Without faith, it is impossible to please Him. For he who comes to God must believe that He is. First, faith starts by saying, I believe there is a God. I believe God exists. And that He is a rewarder. Please notice, if you're listening, or listening, He is a rewarder of those who... Seek Him. You see, when I walk by faith, I'm seeking God. I seek God as I walk by faith. My life of faith is based on seeking God. The Lord, when He's talking about praying, seek and you shall find. Ask, seek, knock. Ask, seek, knock. Ask and it'll be given. Seek, you'll find. Knock and it'll be open. You ask, you seek, you knock. Seeking is you search for it. You're searching. We're pursuing God. We're pursuing a deeper relationship with Him and intimacy with Him. So Matthew 6, 33, I read it a moment ago. Seek first His kingdom and His righteousness. This is for all of us in this room. Are you seeking God's reign through the Lord Jesus Christ in your life and His righteousness? Do you seek to live like Jesus? What have we said as a church we're going to do? We're going to follow Jesus, love other people like Jesus, and tell the world about Jesus. That's the simple mission of First Baptist Church. We seek God. What are you seeking tonight? I'm asking you, my friends. We're here. The Lord's blessed us with a lot of time together. What's on your seeking list? What's the priorities of your life? Well, you see, what you seek is what you spend your time on. What you seek is what you put on the top of the list. What you seek is what adjusts and adapts the values of your life. What are you seeking? What is it you're seeking tonight? You see, this is important for us to know that I give you also Psalm 3410. They who seek the Lord shall not be in want of any good thing. So how do we seek Him? We put effort into this. Someone says to me, Pastor Mike, They've come to me. I've just, I can't, I'm just not, I have no joy in my life. So, well, what do you do with your time? 
well, I do what I just do normal. Th- but what, what do you do about your spiritual life? Do you pray? Do, do you read your Bible? Do you go to worship? Do you meet with God's people? Do you have a, do you have service? Do you minister? You, you, you don't have any purpose in your life. You, you're all dried up and you're sad. Are you putting any effort into your spiritual life? You know, you pretty much, ladies and gentlemen, this is my point as I started, I'm repeating it. If you do the most important, if you do the most important things, it'll take care of all the rest. Look, you got to put some effort into your Christian life. It's not just like God zapped me. God just zapped me and I'll be spiritual like Jesus. It's not being zapped. It's working out your own salvation with fear and trembling. It's searching your heart every day. It's meeting God at some point in your life every day to talk with Him and seek Him in prayer and to hear His Word and to apply it in your life and to seek and endeavor to live your life like Jesus would live it if He was in your circumstances. This is seeking God. This is living like Jesus. Those who seek the Lord understand all things. Now that's a promise for all of us tonight. You see, it'll all make more sense to you when the trouble comes. Oh, look, the trouble's going to come. The trials are going to come. They're not going to let up. This side of heaven, they're not going to let up. Whoever gave you a gospel that promised you no problems lied to you. They lied to you. You see, you're going to have it, but you'll understand. You'll understand what you're going through when you seek God in what you're going through. I'm about to get myself worked up. I got to keep on going. No, I got to go on. Don't encourage me. That's like throwing raw meat to the lion. I'm not going to take it. Chapter 6, verse 6. Better is the poor who walks in his integrity than he who is crooked, though he be rich. It's better to be poor. How many times have we read that in the book of Proverbs? It's better to be poor uh, and have integrity than to be in just the opposite condition. Integrity. You know what integrity is? It is that your name is, you, you match the way you live. What you say matches what you do. You're, you're looked at as a, a good name, we've seen in the Proverbs, is better than riches. Your name. When people say your name, how do they respond to your name? You see, this is of such importance to us. And obedience is at the heart of this. I, I wanted you to see this because we read here very clearly, verse 7, He who keeps the law is a discerning son. You see, this is what it's about. It's listening to the law. Verse 9, he who turns his ear away from listening to the law, even his prayers are an abomination. Lord, hear my prayer. Of course, I'm not doing what you say. Lord, I don't obey you. Lord, I don't walk with you. Lord, I don't care about you. Oh, but hear my prayer. Pastor, I call to God and he never answers me. Well, how are you living? Are the things you're doing honorable to God? 
He who turns away his ear from listening to the law. You know, that means at one time I might have been listening to the law of God. I might have been paying attention to the truth of God. But now for some reason I've turned away. Maybe my schedule, maybe my business, maybe my work, whatever it is. I'm not listening like I once listened. He, hear the word of God, he who turns his ear away from listening to the law, even his prayer is an abomination. And he who leads the upright astray in an evil way will himself fall into his own pit. That is repeated. Anybody who draws other people into sin is digging their own grave. The pit is big for those who draw other people into sin. Come sin with me. Come sin with me. But we come to verse 14. How blessed is the man who fears always. Now this is even going to be worse confusion. Because the uh, paraphrase says, happy is the man who is anxious always. <laughs> is this a contradiction? The Lord said, don't even be anxious and worry. But now we're reading this and it says, happy, happy and blessed is the man who fears always. Well, we have to do a little work here, don't we? The happiness is in who you fear. And the always of fearing is fearing God always. It's also, a, it's also a connection to another word, which we don't use much in our modern language. We don't use the word prudence because we think of the word in a, in a wrong way. Someone's prudish. No, if you're prudish or you're prudent, that means, listen, you're cautious. That's what prudence is. Have you ever been careless in your life? Don't raise your hand. Have you ever said careless things? Don't raise your hand. Are you still paying for some of your careless choices? Don't raise your hand. But you see, the fear of God and the wisdom of God teaches us prudence, cautiousness. And this is what this means here. You see, who are those who are cautious? Who are those who are prudent? Well, I've given you some help with this, Proverbs 22, 3. The prudent see the evil and they hide themselves. That's cautiousness. I'm not going to be associated with that. Isaiah 66, 2. This is the one I look to who is humble and contrite in spirit and who, notice, trembles at my word, the fear of God. The word of God, me, look, I'm not reading these things to us tonight just as some happy thoughts like we could read, uh, you know, uh, some other happy thoughts uh, that we, we might get in the mail some, you know, uh, thought, thought of the day idea. These are the very words of God. These are, these are words that you're to take seriously. These are eternal words. They're given to us that uh, give us direction in our life. It is better to be humble in spirit uh, than, uh, and with the lowly. So I've given you bridges here at the bottom of your page. Faith without fear is self-confidence and self-delusion. Notice, faith without fear. No assurance of our faith is balanced by an instant and most needful exercise of fear. You see, we need to understand the importance of walking in the fear of God. Romans eleven twenty 20 is a powerful verse. They were broken off, speaking of Israel's unbelief. Paul's talking about Israel's unbelief there. They were broken off for their unbelief, but you stand by your faith. Don't be conceited. Fear God. Now, for the sake of time, I go to number seven, trusting God or trusting ourselves. Let's finish here. Levi was, God was speaking to Levi as he read earlier because Jeremiah 17 is one of those famous passages. Let's read verse 
28, verse 25. He, uh, uh, B, the B part. He who trusts in the Lord will prosper. He who trusts in the Lord will prosper. You see, this is important for us all to remember in the fear of God. Proverbs 16, 20, he who gives attention to the word will find good and blessed is he who trusts in the Lord. As I look at, your, as I look at you and as I live and serve as the pastor of this church, I see it all the time. This, these, words, these words are seen in the lives of our people all the time. Blessed are those who trust in the Lord. Blessed are those who trust in the Lord for the, for the, for the, most, uh, the poorest among us in our people. When they trust God, they've been blessed. God blesses them. Those who have the most who trust God, they, God blesses them. Blessed are those who trust the Lord. Blessed are those who trust the Lord. Blessed are those who trust the Lord. Which means there's not a blessing if you don't trust God. But everybody wants a blessing. Everybody thinks that God's just going to bless them because God should. Because they deserve it. Blessed are those who trust the Lord. Blessed is the man who trusts in you, Psalm 84, 12, uh, 12, and Levi read it to us. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. Are you, who are you trusting in tonight? Well, I've got, I've got it all down. I'm, I'm taking care of things. Well, remember verse 26 of 28 here. He who trusts in his own heart is a fool. You want to live foolish life? Then trust that you've got all the answers then trust that you know what to do. Then trust that you have got it all worked out. <clears throat> you know, God has a way of blowing up things that we think we've got worked out. Do you know that? I've had the Lord blow stuff up in my life all my life. Lord, I got it all figured out. Well, then the Lord blows it up and says, well, how's that working for you, Mike? Is that you getting along all right? You making it? No, Lord, I'm having a terrible time. Trust in Jesus to save you, my friend, and forgive you of your sins. This is where trusting the Lord starts. I'm going to come to Jesus, and I'm going to confess that I am a miserable sinner. And if the Lord doesn't save me, I'll go right back to it. And I'll even do worse. I need forgiveness. I need grace. I'm going to come to the Lord and trust Him for it. I'm going to trust the Lord every day that He will provide. Give us this day our daily bread. We've learned this together as we pray it. It's the disciples' prayer. Give us this day our daily bread. We pray and we trust God that He will care for us. We pray, are you not more important than the birds? We trust God that He will lead us. He will lead us. He will take us in the places we're to go. He'll bring us to the people we need to be with. He'll bring relationships together, and He does. You're blessed when you trust God. He'll bring you the kind of friends and relationships you need, and He'll protect you. Here's the way I would close tonight. The life of faith in God is a life of trust in God. The life of fearing God is a life of trusting God. Do you say you fear God? Then trust God. Heavenly Father, we thank You for Your Word. We thank you for these great, great truths from Proverbs 28. Now we look at our hearts. Forgive us if we are trusting ourselves. Lord, all of us in this room got all kinds of things. You know everything that's going on on this planet in the life of every 
single human being at the same time. Glory be to your name. O great high priest, Lord Jesus, we come to you. We come to the throne of grace and we ask for your mercy and grace to help us in time of need. Help us, Lord, to live in the fear of God and to walk by faith. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. Good to see all of you. And I hope you have a good week. Say hello to somebody on your way out. And uh, be careful in the dark. It's dark now. It's over. By 4 o'clock, don't worry, it'll be dark in a few months.